Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. Shonda, can you hear me? I can. Um, for some reason, it is not. It's usually got a opening music going, but um, yeah, listeners, I apologize. <laughs> Technology is a little <laughs> crazy sometimes, but if music just starts up here, I guess we'll kind of deal with it. But uh, this is Holly, and this is Gap to Gap Radio, and super excited to have our guest here today, uh, Shonda Stanton. She's the head coach at Indiana University. Um, give you a little bit of background on her. She played at University of North Carolina at Greensboro and was um, um, was there for four years, four-time starter. And then uh, she went from there, went, she was the graduate assistant at Ashland. And, and Shonda, let me know if I got this right or anything, or got this wrong. Uh, was a graduate assistant at Ashland University, then went from there to, I guess, IUPUI for a year as the yeah. head coach. Yep. And then directly from IUPUI to Marshall, uh, where you were there for 18 years, and then uh, they got you to IU uh, for that. But while you were at Marshall, you won 560 games, which is the winningest coach there um, at Marshall. Uh, a lot of tournament stuff, and we can, you know, you can see this stuff online. We'll talk about it as we go through the uh, the interview. But then uh, from there, come to Indiana University, the 2006. 17 fall or summer 2017 for the 2018 season correct I think that's what it was and yeah um, yeah yeah, crazy how time flies that's for sure (laughs) so um so welcome I'm super excited I've been uh, looking forward to this for a while I'm a Hoosier myself so uh, I know that you've been doing a great job uh winning uh, already winning there we're going to kind of get to that I, I, I may bounce around a little bit, but I was kind of doing some research and uh, kind of interesting. I guess there was a coach uh, there along, I mean, like trying to become the winningest coach, but uh, uh, there's softball's had some really great success over the, over the years. And, but it hasn't for a little while. Again, we'll talk about that and you're kind of building that up. But before we get there, I want to kind of talk about, I guess, uh, I don't know where you're actually from. You went to a college in North Carolina. I'm assuming you're from assume you're from that area, but where did you grow up? Actually, I was born in Sharon, Pennsylvania, uh, a small steel town. And mm-hmm. then after the steel mills closed, you know, not much going on there. Uh, and my parents, we uh, they moved our family just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. I think I was entering seventh okay. grade at that point in time, 20 miles west of Cleveland. So I, I stayed a Steelers fan. Uh, did not become a Browns <laughs> fan, uh, but I did convert to the Indians. I like the Indians. Uh, so I pretty much grew up in uh, North Olmsted, Ohio, uh, which is a suburb of Cleveland, uh, uh-huh. and and then wanted to get to some warmer weather and was recruited right. to down in North Carolina and uh, went down there, met my husband there, and uh, uh, after that, um, we ended up in Indianapolis and uh, after my grad school experience. So uh-huh. um, it's great to be full circle and back in Indiana uh, at really the flagship institution. So I'm excited to be a Hoosier and excited to see the things that we're going to do here at Indiana, and I I appreciate you taking the time uh, to get me on. I, I never pass up an opportunity to talk about the things that I'm passionate about, and that's 
uh, working with young people uh, and, um, be, you know, being honored to be the coach here at IU. Uh, yeah, very, very honored to have you here. Very excited to have you here and have you as a back into Indiana. I, I was uh, uh, pretty uh, familiar with the school systems in Indiana. Um, IUPUI is a very interesting school in that it's a combination of two uh, schools, two competitive schools, uh, Indiana and Purdue. And of course, when we, I don't know if you heard, but um, I'm sure you've heard that, I guess. I don't know if it's derogatory, but uh, growing up, I remember hearing about that we call it Pui. I don't know if you've heard that before. I did hear that when I was there. And, you know, obviously I took great pride uh, in being a Jaguar and was so thankful to give me the first opportunity to my first head coaching experience, really, at the ripe old age of maybe 23. Um, yeah. But that was a mouthful when you called recruits, trying to explain to them that you you can have a degree either from Indiana or Purdue. So we told them it was Correct. the best of both worlds, and uh-huh. um, you know it was a great quick year. It was the first year of them uh, going Division One as an institution. I inherited a program that yeah. was D two the year prior. Uh, so uh-huh. pretty cool stuff. And they were uh, NEI even before that for a few years, and uh, kind of a powerhouse in basketball. I think in men's basketball, I don't know how they were doing in women's at that time, but. Um, uh, they were pretty strong and then uh, went from NEI to Division Two and then Division One fairly quickly. Uh, but uh, that would have been a giant challenge to go from Division Two to Division One, other than you get more scholarship money. Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, uh, you know, when you're 23 and coming out, you're going to set the world on fire. Maybe you're young and dumb <laughs> and you think you can do it all, right? Yeah, so we didn't uh-huh. view it that way. It was just all about an opportunity. We inherited a program that was eight and 20 at the D2 level the year before. Yeah. And we had like yeah. nine or 10 freshmen. So, you know, obviously you're walking into a situation and late too. I think I started the job in July, um, but that, you know, I had enough time to get up my feeling on me. A uh, great friend of mine uh, that I uh, got to know in eighth grade ended up coming over and being my assistant. She was in the coaching profession. And so it was a lot of fun that year. Uh, you know, we both, I'll say yeah. we're, we're young and dumb. We tackled the world and, we had a winning record that year. We beat Notre yeah. Dame. We got to the semifinals of our tournament. Uh, and we just had a lot of fun. And what's cool wow. now is I, I see some of those kids. Um, they're now grown up with grown ups with families. Uh-huh. And you know, we went down and played in Florida. And, and one of the young women uh, got off work and came over to our game. And I had another one uh, bring her family to the uh, games here at IU of coming to the locker room pregame. Uh, so it's just neat to, like I said, come full circle and now see those kids who were freshmen. Um, who uh-huh. we were in and out of their lives so quickly to still show up in our lives 20 some 20 plus years. Later. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the, I think one of the things about coaching, uh, I think maybe probably more college coaching is that you get uh, this family experience uh, for sure as uh, during their career, but then there's this connection after they leave that you stay in contact for so many years and they become, they become some of them become your coaches. Some of them become just good mm-hmm. friends. Some of them just, uh, it's, it's super, uh, super cool. Let me ask you real quick about the IUPUI situation. Uh, how are they doing these days? I haven't seen much lately on, on them. Do you know? Well, they've got a great coach in Liz. Um, you know, we haven't played them for a few years, so, uh-huh. you know, I really can't probably speak directly, you know, to their personnel, yeah. but, um, you know, I'm really fond. Uh, my, one of my associate coaches coached with their current head coach down when they okay. were together at Georgia Southern, and she speaks really highly of Liz as well. And, you know, in this profession, you know, it's like a you know, sorority, a fraternity. You, you get to know uh-huh. other coaches, and, you know, I, you know, I like her very much so as a human being, and, you know, I'm rooting for her. Uh, and definitely wish her a lot of success, you know, being in the same state with her. 
Right, right. Um, okay, so then you get uh, immediately after a 27 and 25 year at uh, IUPUI, which turns this uh, a credit, crazy turnaround, which is absolutely amazing. And um, uh, you go directly to Marshall. Now, before you get to Marshall, were they uh, similar? Were they winning or were they kind of struggling? They were in the bottom of the conference. Uh, we, we got t-shirts that year, last place to first place. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. Wow. You know, I, I made a bold statement. Uh, we were on a little golf thing uh, that was on you know, some charity event. And I got paired up with a radio guy and a newspaper guy. And, you know, he was asking how we were going to be. And, you know, I, I just tossed out there that we were going to win, win the conference, you know, just kind of jokingly, because why wouldn't we expect that, right? Uh, right. He called me up at the end of that year. Uh, we won our division. Uh, we didn't win it overall. Uh, we were second overall in the conference. But uh, to win the Mac East in that first season uh, was pretty cool. Um, you know, it's amazing what young people can do, uh, you know, when you just breathe a little belief into them and when, when you work. Um, you know, working culture equals winning culture. Uh-huh. And uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, the coach before me uh, did a tremendous job of giving us enough pieces of the puzzle to put those together. And I think in that's uh-huh. every situation. Um, anytime yeah. Yeah. Um, you have a little bit of success, sometimes it, it just takes a shake up of things and, um, you know, or just maybe that was the year they were going to be successful anyhow. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I think, you know, we added our magic to it. Uh, there was some magic already there. Uh, we had a pitcher in this game anyhow if you have a, a, an ace. Uh, you can mm-hmm. win uh, regardless of what the rest of your team looks like. So um, that was fun. Um, and then obviously we had, you know, some really great success there uh, at Marshall and that opened the door uh, for me to be the next head coach at IU. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things, uh, and you've already had, um, uh, so you've been there essentially three years and we are going to talk a little bit, of course, about the pandemic and stuff, but you, um, your first year, uh, obviously, you you have a good year, not a great year, uh, coming into IU. You know they've been struggling a little bit, and then immediately you go to I guess what your second year, thirty six and twenty one. Was that your record, final yep. record? Yeah, crazy, like amazing. That, yeah. Started out at fourteen and zero. So I think before we get into specifically the IU situation, everything clearly, you've been in situations as a player, as a coach. Uh, where winning has become second nature or first nature or whatever. And I'm already hearing a, a, a lot of, and it, I do know that you can't as a head coach take uh, a lot of the credit, but there is some credit due there. And I'm, I'm hearing you're being humble and I appreciate that. What would you say at each stop along the way, you've experienced not only success, but quick and, and, and strong success Anything that you can say at this point that has been uh, contributing to that success that you've experienced? Luck is not an option. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, you know, winning is important. It's something that, you know, of course I value. And, you know, I was playing Uno with our family just uh, last night. It was either last night or two nights ago. And, um, you know, my, my 16-year-old thought, how long are we going to play this game? And we said, we'll just play one hand each. Uh, and I was the only one not to win a hand. And I tell you, uh, they ra- they still are harassing me. Uh, uh, even this morning, they were harassing me about it, probably because they know I do value winning. Um, but I would say my growth as a coach, uh, winning has turned to win what is important now. And I think that's just how we operate. And so we have a vision of what we can become. And and that's all we do when we enter a program. It's, you know, this is there's no reason Indiana softball should not be relevant on the national stage uh, academically, athletically, and then be a force in the community. And so when you set a vision for your team, 
Uh, all you do is provide the day-to-day structure, motivation, encouragement, discipline, and it's amazing the things that they'll do. And so there's five things that we focus on. We call it brave, and we have them in these five groups, and uh, behaviors, relationships, accountability, values, and environment. You know, we believe, um, you know, culture is over time, right? And so we're laying that foundation of our culture, but it's your environment that you got to take care of on a day-to-day basis to be able to have a strong culture. Um, so how do you do that? You focus on your behaviors. Those are the things that you can control, right? Your attitudes, your efforts, mm-hmm. the choices that you make and stacking good choices. So if we focus on behavior and let them know, hey, that behavior is below the line, you're going to have to raise your standards. Then the accountability piece comes in. That's the A in brave. Okay, so what does that look like? What are we going to be accountable to? So right now during COVID, we're not with our team. What are the things that we're going to be accountable to? You know what? We're going to be accountable to finishing strong academically and trying to have one of the best semesters that we can. Um, We're going to, uh, with our behaviors, we're going to be valued members of our family right now. We're going to stay engaged with our team. Uh, And then they wanted to pour into our little SIS program that we can talk a little bit later um, so those are the types of things. And then what are our values? Um, you know, our values kind of change from year to year based on what we need. Uh, our core pillars, though, those stay the, cha- stay the same, and that's our foundation. Uh, one of the words has to do with gratitude, kind of an attitude of gratitude. There are three fancier words, um, but one of them is gratitude. Another one is to be strong and able. Uh, and then the third is to take pause and just be where you are. So those three words are Sela, Juname, and Eucharisteo. Uh, but those are our core pillars. And I, I think as young people, if we can just be where our feet are, if we can win the day, then what that means is every single day we're going to train like champions. And at the end of the day, the results are going to take care of themselves. So, you know, there are some things that I think we do a really good job of. Um, you know, we think clarity is kind. Um, and so we just communicate a very clear vision. And then we give our student athletes the opportunity to establish their priorities, have good time management skills have discernment to be able to have self-discipline, understand their individual responsibility and accountability. And at the end of the day, we just want them to be lifelong learners and turn into strong, confident women. So, you know, I think we have a pretty good system. And I think where it comes down, the greatest resources are are your human resources. I surround Uh myself by incredible like-minded people who are passionate about what we do. They had awesome experiences as student athletes. And those are my associate coaches, Chanda Bell and Kendall Fern. Um, so when you have awesome people pouring into your people and then that, uh, you know, we call it our pit crew. It goes on to our support staff people from, you know, the photographer uh, to the sports site to our trainer to our strength coach, the nutrition, the dietitian. You know, the great thing about it, IU, you have all these resources. And so, you know, our compliance guy, our academic guy, those are all of our pit crew. My job as a coach is to read the dials with my associate coaches. And then we reach out to our pit crew and they help us uphold that standard of excellence. Fantastic. I like the pit crew. I like it. Uh, I'm going to have to replay, replay all of this because you've got so many, uh, um, uh, what mottos, you've got so many phrases here. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, so uh, I saw on your email the WIN. I was going to ask you about that. So that again is WIN is, uh, what is that? WIN. What's, what's important now? What's important now? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, then you got the BRAVE uh, acronym for the, um, yep. for the behaviors. Um, and then yeah. they, what's great about that with the brave groups is they're in groups and they take care of that stuff. Um, uh-huh. So it's up to them, you know, relationships. Uh-huh. What's, what do you want that to look like in the fall when we're on campus? So they do little dates uh, within the team and set those up, um, you know, and, and so it's just cool to see what they run with, you know, the cool story right. about the pit crew, um, you know, obviously with the Indianapolis speedway, not too far up the road, uh-huh. uh, we got yeah. together this fall and we had, we had t-shirts made uh, with pit crew on the back and anybody, you know, it's busy for people to break away but any pit crew members that could 
Um, we had a little breakfast, a little uh, uh, PowerPoint of kind of what we're about, what we could expect this year. And then we took staff members up to the Indy Speedway, did the Kiss the Brick tour. That was a lot of fun, you know, and I think that's all part of relationship cool. building in this business to be able to get out mm-hmm. of, you know, we think what we're doing is so important and we can't, you know, get away from our time and our space. And sometimes it's, it's nice to take pause and enjoy the moment, and enjoy the people that you get to work with. It is. It is. That's the, the part that I think we all miss when we get out of it at some point is, um, is the relationships. And um, uh, it's pretty, I, 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 again, I think I told you before we got uh, on air where I was doing as much research on you as I could and which, of course, in today's world, Internet is, is gives you so much better than when I was coaching. You couldn't find out anything on anybody unless you called people. But um, there's one of the things that I'm noticing as far as style, and I really wa- I like watching coaching style, is um, watching how you run through practices. And, of course, it's video. You, uh, assuming you know you're being filmed, you know you're being filmed for the purpose of instruction. But your, uh, your focus, your um, enthusiasm – um, you, you clearly are a uh, teacher. Uh, there's segments in the instruction I noticed that you you have a lot of quick hit instruction while they're doing it. You're not just kind of sitting back and watching and stuff. So really super impressive. I, I, I think that ability to get the most out of your players individually is also pretty important. Well, I'm a teacher at heart. You know, I wanted to be, a, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be a, a history teacher and, and coach in high school. And uh, my student teaching experience, I guess, scared me out of that. I had 10th grade world <laughs> history. And, you know, I think, yeah. I think the kids just weren't as passionate as I was. And I thought mm-hmm. that's got to be, and I don't know, I don't think I would have lived well by the bell. Um, so, no. I, you know, I think this gives me the flexibility. Um, so I thought there had to be something else out there. And I would credit my GA experience at Ashley and the university working for those phenomenal coaches to kind of ignite that fire of, you know what, I can coach mm-hmm. at the collegiate level. And so that, you know, that changed, I think, in that GA experience. And, yes, you know, we're fundamentally based, um, but, you know, we talk a lot about being in lion mode. Uh, and so we're really fast-paced, and you've got to go after what you want in life. Nobody's going to hand it to you. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, we're kind of in attack mode always, very aggressive, you know, wanting the next 60 feet, uh, attacking on a good 2-0 pitch. You make a mistake, it's first up. Um, so we just have a lot of fun, the game, uh, in lion mode, and, we, and we're teachers at heart, and we just really enjoy what we're doing. Yeah, that's uh, pretty clear, uh, very clear. So uh, shifting gears a little bit, that uh, talking about the lion mode and talking about um, uh, being aggressive and stuff, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, so as an athlete, it looks like you played, you were pretty much uh, like you broke records or highly ranked in stolen bases, highly ranked in runs scored. You were a run, assuming like a top of the order hitter, leadoff hitter, that type of hitter. Um, you continue throughout your career as a coach uh, having teams that steal a lot of bases, score a lot of runs, that's, that sort of thing. Of course, that's the goal, right? Score runs. Uh, one <laughs> right. Of the, I, I, yeah. So I think I guess two questions uh, that I would like to approach. Do, have you approached this philosophy as far as being – because there are multiple – there's power game, there's speed game. You're, it looks like you're – focusing not that you don't have teams probably with some power but focusing on the speed game do you feel that's kind of your dna because that's what you were as a player is that or is it are you doing it because your personnel uh, how how have you come across this strategic approach that you you use it looks like 
Yeah, I think it evolved over time. And, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is creating opportunities to compete. And so mm-hmm. how, you know, like you said, it's about scoring runs. And so how can we produce more runs? You know, what is our offensive production going to be look like? And sure, as I build a program and build a team, you know, I think the ultimate goal would be to, have, you know, be top 10 or lead the nation in stolen bases every year. And that's easy to do. And we've shown that over the last 15 years. Um, you know, from Marshall to Indiana, even now, um, regardless of what the makeup of the team was, we're able to steal bases. Uh, and it's a mentality. You know, it's that lion mode. It's, it's a ball in the dirt. We're taking the next bag. There's an overthrow or, or a bobble or anything that kicks away. We're going after it. And so, you know, when I'm building a team, you know, I, I would like to get to the point where we have over 100 stolen bases a year. And then I would like to get our power numbers up to 75 home runs or above. Uh-huh. And, and we're nowhere near that right now. And, we, and we've got a ways to go on building that. Um, but, you know, having that combination and power of speed, I think, is where you're going to really excel. But what I've seen is you can control, regardless of what your talent looks like and what your speed looks like, you can control that 100-plus stolen bases because it's a mindset. It's, you know, what's important now? When I get on, on base at first, how do I get a good leadoff? And so we teach those simple little things, um, you know, how to have proper shin angle, how to have a good explosive lead, how to have good arm action. Um, you know, we have a great strength department uh, that teaches them how to run and go about that middle third. Uh, and then we focus hard on uh, going hard on the other end. You know, it's broken up into three phases. Uh, you know, uh-huh. we teach different types of skills, you know, the delays. Uh, there's several ways to steal bases, not just your typical on, on right. base, you know, first base and going to steal second. Uh, so mm-hmm. we have a very good system, uh, and then people just buy into that. The athletes buy into that, and then you watch what the athletes can do, and they get really excited. And then you're motivated mm-hmm. by what you measure. Uh, we have these things called swings, and there are these wings that you put on the shoes. And I know mm-hmm. when my associate coach first introduced it to our club at Marshall, uh, they thought, oh, gosh, I don't know if those look dorky or if, <laughs> or if those are cool or not. Yeah. Uh, and then what was really neat is as we got into it, we had kids that weren't playing in games that wanted to know, can we earn swings in practice? Uh, huh. And then the neat thing from there, there's a SEC school and an ACC school that has adopted the same thing. Um, huh. And, and they're, they're using the wings as well. Uh, but it, and it's not cool. so much about, there's not power in the wings and the swings. There's power in motivating what you measure. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of our approach that we've taken to here at IU is what are we measuring? What does the standard of excellence look like? I mean, you hit on it briefly. You know, there hasn't been a ton of success in, in most recent history. Um, you know, obviously in 2011, Morgan Mello was a, a tremendous pitcher here, and, you know, Michelle's team was really good, and they went to postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you'd have to go back into those early years. You know, what, the inception of the program, uh, there is a tremendous history. Some of the best coaches in our uh-huh. team have come through Wilmington. Uh, and there is yeah. incredible history into the 80s and 90s. Um, and so we're just trying to wake up that sleeping giant. You know, we're on the shoulders, you know, of some giants uh, that have played in their game. It's just a little bit more distant. And we're going to tap into that. We've made some great strides. You know, you look in our second year here, we were ranked for six straight weeks. And I think our kids, you know, we've been telling them when we got here, no reason I, you can't be. And then when that happens that early in your coaching career, you know, it helps breathe life in everybody, and they want more, uh-huh. and they get hungry. And so i got to give credit to our student-athletes, too, of buying into the system, buying into, you know, picking up what we're putting down, uh, and they're really establishing a, a strong culture here at IU. Yeah, doing a wonderful job, and, and I really like the – I saw the wings part. I thought that was super cool. And maybe because if they – even a little bit, if they are a little uh, – 
dorky or whatever looking <laughs> kind of makes them stand out even more and uh, and the people buy into it a little bit. So that's um, and I and I noticed too, and I've seen some of your video that you're um, uh, like you have uh, standards like players at least some of them on on how fast they get from home to first based on how you mm-hmm. time. Do you yeah. still do that? This was what you were doing at Marshall. Do you still? Based some of your recruiting on that, or a lot of your recruiting on uh, some of your players like that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, the game. You know, even if you you adapt from baseball, you got five tools in the game, and yeah. you know, it's the same thing for softball. You have five tools, and what do you do well? Um, you've got, you know, and 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 we're, you know, I think one of the things that's you know maybe a little bit different about our approach is um, you just got to have one one great tool, uh, one gift mm-hmm. that we can build on. Um, you know, yeah. we, we had a kid that we, we had the opportunity to coach uh, that ran a two, you know, she was low two sixes, uh, home to one. And there just aren't many kids in the country that can run that. Um, and what was really neat is that kid comes in as a freshman. She bats close to 350. And I know, you know, she's, you know, who doesn't feel good about themselves batting 350. And, and we tell her, you know, that's like falling out of a boat and hitting the water because you're super <laughs> fast. Um, And so what that did, all that did was light a fire under her and then she Mm -hmm. took massive action and she worked. And then what does that kid do? A kid that wasn't highly recruited comes into our program. uh, She's got this super gift and then she trains it, takes massive action. She has this belief on, you know, about herself. uh, And she goes on uh, to be an all American athletically and academically. She takes us to the postseason. Uh, she nearly bats 500 back-to-back years. She's a Golden Shoe Award winner, which is the best base dealer in all of the land. Uh, and then mm. she makes Team USA for a stint. And then now she's oh. playing in the pro yeah. league. Um, yeah. So you know, that's, that's the mentality that was brought to IU. Okay, what uh-huh. do you want? Dream bigger. So then we brought that kid on as a GA here so she could train next to our kids. Um, you know, we, we were fortunate to bring on Gwen Savekis, who was a catcher at Oregon, uh, Michaela mm-hmm. Schlotman, who played for LSU. Um, if you can get those young people uh, that have been very successful at the game to rub elbows with our kids, they realize, hey, they're, they're just like me. What, what did they do? They had a gift, and then they took massive action and had that belief, and they refined that gift, and they just were so committed. You know, there's a difference between being interested and committed. And, and they just uh-huh. got after it. And so um, I think it just raises the level of awareness with your current student athletes and what they can accomplish. And our kids are hungry right now. And, and I think that's been really fun to see. And then I've mentioned Chanda and Kendall and they're awesome. They oh, yeah. have great careers. Yeah. Chanda played at UK and Kendall played at UNLV. Uh, her coach is now at FSU Lonnie. So they played for two of the best in the business too. And, uh-huh. um, you know, so I, I know my, I know my student athletes here at Indiana have awesome role models in my staff. Uh, and so we're excited about what we can accomplish here. We're really committed to seeing this thing through uh, and really making IU a perennial contender. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's crazy, amazing. Um, what um, your staff, the support staff, your uh, pit crew, is that what you call it? Uh, some yeah, of your pit people crew. that, yeah, yeah. So it looks like we have a caller. We're going to get uh, to the caller here in a second. And uh, before we get, uh, so we get, uh, take care of the caller. I want to get to your, some of your recruiting philosophy, some of the other things that's going on with you at IU. I do want to talk about the pandemic and how that has uh, is going to affect or is affecting your recruiting and affecting everybody. Of course, it's uh, it's um, uh, pretty pretty um, crazy what's going on. So, so let's see if we can get to the caller. Great. Okay, caller, um, how are you doing? 
I'm doing great, Holly. How are you today? I'm good. Hi, Ron. How are you? I'm so, doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Good, good. So, uh, Shonda, this is Ron Ray, and is a good friend of mine. And uh, he said he was going to call in, so if, I don't. I'm. I'm. Hey, Dan, Ron. I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, wish you luck uh, up there at IU. Would uh, be very interested in uh, coming and visiting sometime. Uh, I, I run a youth sports program, Future Stars of Sports, in Kentucky, Indiana, several other states, but we're largely in those areas. And one reason I was wanting, uh, and he just. Uh, Coach Holly just hit on it as far as the pandemic I was wondering about uh, recruiting right now how that has uh, affected you uh, being shut down are you just having to have kids send tapes or how are you handling that well first you know doors are always open there are going to be NCAA rules with you know your ability to to be on campus or have young people on campus but um, call me reach out to me uh, you know, this fall and if, you know, if things are, you know, we can do it within the NCAA guidelines, practices are always open and those types of things. So I always want to extend that invitation anyway. I can help grow the game or, or build relationships. We want to do that. Uh, to your question, uh, you, know, I, you know, I think the pandemic, you know, obviously has affected everybody. I know there's, you know, probably a lot of a panic with young people when it comes to recruiting and those types of things. And, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing, you know, obviously we're in NCAA dub, dead period until May 31st. And so everybody's just kind of on that, you know, stay at home thing. You know, you can always make phone calls. Uh, as far as our roles are concerned at the NCAA D1 level, we are not permitted to call um, kids unless they are juniors and seniors. So September 1 of our kids' junior year is when we can initiate contact. You know, anybody younger than that, we can only send uh, camp question, camp information or questionnaire information. Um, so outside of that, you know, my staff and I are using this time to get really organized. Um, that way when the lid does come off, that we're prepared. And so we're doing some things as far as questionnaires and um, calling coaches and, you know, just trying to get our recruiting board um, you know, handled and our, our business to have a really clear picture of what we want that to look like when we are able to recruit again. Is, uh, let me ask you, you said that this is initiating. You talked about uh, the questionnaires. You're saying you can't, but I guess a, uh, let's say a freshman or sophomore in high school, can they send you emails? Can they initiate some yeah. kind of contact? They can send emails. You know what I love about our sport? Um, you know, we've got some great minds in the game. NFCA, our National Fast Pitch Coaches Association, is one of the best organizations out there. Got great leadership, you know, with Carol and her staff. And so, you know, anybody that's not a member should be a member um, that's in the softball organization because they give us great information. Uh, but they did a great job of leading the charge of locking down this early recruiting. I mean, we were getting to the point where sixth, seventh, eighth graders were committing at a really high volume. And then we didn't get through that cycle where those same kids would have, when they became juniors and seniors, they were going to get dropped. You know, programs Uh would all of a sudden have 10 kids committed. And then, so thankfully we didn't get through that whole cycle because you're seeing that in other sports, right? I mean, look at football. Uh What do they offer? Probably 200 guys for you know, 10 spots or, you know, whatever it is. So it's such Uh an arms race. And, Uh you know, we wanted to start recruiting kids when they were juniors and seniors. You know, obviously you're going to get out and watch and do your thing. So we kind of locked it down where uh, we can no longer take incoming calls. So we're only one of two sports that cannot take incoming phone calls. And I love it. You know, because these uh-huh. kids had such pressure to call us. And I had kids, and uh-huh. I've got a seventh grader at home, 
And, you know, you've had these seventh graders calling you. And what, you know, what do we have in common with these seventh graders? That's pressure for them. It's unneeded. <laughs> True. Allow yeah. them to be, to enjoy their life. You know, stay long. Be where your feet are. Enjoy the experience where you are. Get better at your game. Practice. Train. So I'm glad we kind of shut that down. We cannot take incoming calls, and that's going to ho- hopefully help slow down the recruiting process for everybody. Obviously, mm-hmm. the pandemic is slowing things down for everybody. But everybody's in the same boat. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's ones, they don't need to panic. Um, you know, no coaches out, you know, on the recruiting trail, you know, right now. Nothing's open, right. and, you know, yeah. through May 31st. So, you know, it's one of those situations that, you know, when the time comes, um, you know, everybody's going to be in the same boat. Just like when your kids come back, everybody will probably be equally, you know, in the same boat as far as competition and that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how things unfold. Will be. Ron, you got a another question uh- for well, I'd just like to follow up on the 7th and 8th grade and all that, uh, and I love the fact that they don't recruit until they're juniors because I I deal with parents all the time that think little Susie's a D1 ball player and she's a 5th grader, and they, they have no idea what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to follow up on your recruiting there, uh, how – of course, I lost my train of thought of where I was going there. The <laughs> – the process of recruiting, do you, uh, like, invite kids in on campus, and are they able to work out for you once they get on campus? Uh, I know NAIA and things of that nature, the lower levels, they do a lot of that. Does D1 allow them to come in and participate uh, in skill sets and things on campus once they are on, on site? Yeah, uh, how the NCAA Division I rules uh, are governed, uh, we can't do any tryouts. Uh, we can't have any form of where we bring a kid on campus and, you know, hit them balls or, you know, pitch them. You know, the only thing we can do are camps. So camps need to be open to any and all entrants. So the only way you can cap a camp is more by uh, if you do a certain age limit or if you do a certain size limit, um, but you can't cap it based on, oh, I'm only going to invite certain kids. So camps are, you know, the means and the tool of which people get on their campus, have the ability to work with coaches. Um, but outside of that, you know, we have no contact or communication with them until September 1 of their junior year. Sure, they can send us emails, they can send us videos, um, but we cannot correspond in return with the exception of questionnaire information. Hmm. So an athlete uh, before that, send a freshman sends you an email, then you respond with a questionnaire, linked to a questionnaire, I assume. Yes, that would be it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That would be yeah. Right, right, yeah. Um, Ron? Coach, are you are – you, I, I was just going to ask, uh, Coach, are you limited with how many times you can go off campus and uh, do, say, a satellite uh, camp at another location? I know in the football world – they were doing a lot of that. They'd go to another state and do a satellite camp. I think some of that's been overruled. But what what are the rulings for fast pitch softball as far as you being able to participate, going to other camps and working camps? Yeah, uh, we have a recruiting calendar. And as long as you're within your recruiting calendar, you can do third-party satellite camps within that calendar. So that calendar pretty much is usually, and it, you know, obviously, who knows with the pandemic, there could be changes in the future. But as of right now, you know, our calendar opens up in June, uh, and it runs to about mid-August. And then there's six weekends uh, from about mid-October to pre-Thanksgiving, um, and those are Saturday, Sundays only. 
And so you can okay. have a camp on your camp. You can have a camp on your campus, individual campus, at any time, as long as it's not during a dead period. And there's only two dead periods. Those are, are three, three around the signing periods, and then around the World Series and around our NFCA convention. So outside of those dead periods, you can hold a camp, you know, at, at IU at any time. Um, and then you can go off campus and hold a satellite campus or camp as long as it's within that recruiting calendar. Okay. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Go, going back to the pandemic situation and your the season being canceled this last year and they adding uh, an extra year for your seniors, did you have many kids take advantage of that or are they still trying to, to decide what they're going to do or do you know as far as the commitment level of your seniors coming back? Yeah, yeah. so D1 Council came out that they would award that extra year of eligibility. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, each institution uh, had the ability to handle it how they perceive. You know, I'm fortunate, you know, that I feel we have great leadership here. And, um, you know, Fred Glass, our director of athletics and vice president, uh, wanted to be able to, you know, usually if things are permissive, he's going to do what he can for the student-athlete experience. And so I'm thankful, you know, for him as well as Scott Dilson, uh, who will be our, our new um, a guy that uh, Scott will pass or that um, Fred will pass the baton to. Um, but yeah, I think they've done an incredible job of uh, doing what they can to take care of our student athletes here at IU. And we've got four of our five that are going to return. Uh, the fifth was um, a kid that was already in her red shirt year. And so um, she picked back up with us uh, in February to kind of help us out. We had an injury. And so um, she's going to go on to grad school and we're excited about her graduating and having the opportunity to do that. And then we have four that are returning, and they're calling it their victory lap. Uh, they're excited uh, to return to IU, and uh, we can't be any more happy for them and, uh, you know, to be able to wear that script across their chest. And, you know, we're excited to see what the future holds with that group of kids. Yeah. Well, that's great. Super they're cool. going to take it. Yes. Outstanding. Yeah. So the uh, – uh, I understand, like, if, let's say, a fifth senior, because of the pandemic, comes back, they uh, – I'm assuming most of them are finishing. Are they – are finished their bachelor's degree? Are they going to graduate school, or they have more academic to finish? How's that working? Yes. You know, it varies for every kid. You know, we have, even on our team with the four returning, um, we have a couple that are going to be in grad school, one that just got accepted, was super excited about that. One was already in mm-hmm. grad school. Uh, the huh. senior year um, uh, semester, and then uh, we got a kid that's going to be doing student teaching, so she's going to be full time through the day, you know. And then we'll get some extra workouts with her. Um, and then we've got huh. one that was a mid year; she had come into IU mid year of her high school. She graduated early, and so she still has some time left to really, um, fulfill her undergraduate degree. And so the great thing is, they're you know they're all working towards a world class education here at IU and. I'm excited to be able to compete for Team 48. Mm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Ron, you got anything else? I, I was just curious as far as uh, IU program, uh, where all do you generally draw your kids from? I, I know IU, as far as basketball and things, recruit you know, nationally. Where, where do you draw from for your fast pitch program? I know you would would recruit anywhere and everywhere possible if you can get a kid on campus. So generally, where is your best recruiting in in the Midwest, or what what uh, where where would you right, actually right. feel like you draw most of your kids from? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think if you, you know, I can't make a recruiting presentation about how we, you know, go about it, what we do, but I, you know, I think if you just in general, you know, philosophy wise, or if you look at our roster, um, you know, there's kids, you know, all over the country um, with, within our roster, but like anybody, uh, as far as being a, a flagship school or a state institution, um, we want to attract the best and the brightest from our state that are Hoosiers. And, you know, I think if you look at the 2020 class um, that is coming in next year, we've got five Hoosiers. Uh, they're going to wear the Indiana scripts. Um, and, you know, four of those five are on the PPF All-American watch list. Um, four uh, in, in different batches here, four of them just got named to the top ten, and they were the top five. Uh, in the state of Indiana. Um, so, you know, and I think like any coach here, you want to uh, be inside out and you want to be able to have mm-hmm. the ability to, um, you know, attract the best in your state. And then from there, you want to be able to uh, recruit the best that you can and the brightest that you can that are going to help you, um, you know, fulfill what you're trying to accomplish here at IU. Um, and, and you want, you're really looking for the best teammate. And what I mean, you know, when I talk in terms of best teammate, it's not only best teammate within the program, but best teammate, you know, for us as coaches, uh, you know, who, you know, who do we feel uh, works well, uh, you know, with our style, um, you know, yeah. obviously um, I call it the Hoosier factor, but you know, kids are going to want to come here anyhow. It's a, it's a great education, a phenomenal education. Um, it's a beautiful community. Um, and so now it's, you know, let's get uh, the, the kids that, you know, want to come here and play IU softball for the staff and help, you know, achieve the goals that we want to accomplish um, you know, on the the conference level, the Big Ten level, and the national level. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't get that they, uh, when you're recruiting, uh, uh, most, probably most coaches, if not for sure successful coaches, they're not only looking at the academics and, and the talent and the behavior and that type of thing, but can that athlete coming into the program fit in to what your, uh, your culture is? And I think that's sometimes not... Uh, perceived by the general pop- population. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just about building on those relationships and, and really communicating well, you know, in the recruiting process. Like, you know, I think years ago when I first started recruiting, it was all about just you know, getting that next best kid. Like, who mm-hmm. can we find? Mm-hmm. You know, and, as, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's not about, you know, trying to snow the snowman. It's, it's about being honest and saying what, mm-hmm. what is important to you. Um, you know, and if these features are important to you, you know, do they benefit you here at IU? Um, you know, in regardless of where I recruited, whereas before it was like just, you know, try and get the recruit. Now it's you want to make sure you're getting a kid that understands what they're getting into. Um, you know, if they say they, you know, want a, a super small campus and you have a really large campus, um, you don't want to gloss over that. You know, you want to be really right. genuine and honest in the, in the process uh-huh. so that way when they get there, they're not shocked because there's going to be enough uh-huh. shock. Um, you know, it's tough being a freshman, and there's a yeah. lot to adjust to. So I think it's about mm-hmm. features and benefits and really clearly communicating those in the recruiting process instead of everybody just putting their best foot forward um, and, and, and trying to win the recruit. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I, I, Go ahead, Ron. I tell kids all the time, kids and parents, that you need to make sure that you socially fit it's got to be academics that you can get something out of in four years that you can use for life. Don't just go and play softball because you love the game. All of this has to, to work out socially, academically, spiritually. 
And, you know, and you hit on it. You, you have to fit in a situation where you're a good teammate. And sometimes being a good teammate isn't necessarily on the field. It's off the field. It's being able to lift someone up, lift their spirits up on and off the field. They may be having personal problems or they may be homesick or whatever, but being a good teammate is not always just on the field. And you, you have to be able to fit all of those needs. And when you have those kind of kids that care about their teammates, your team is much better off. Correct. Yep, you're right. So uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit. If um, uh, talking about seven, Ron, you got anything else that you want to ask her recruiting-wise or anything like that? No, not not that I can think of. I, I was just yeah. like I say, I was concerned with the. Uh, I knew there was a dead period right now that coaches couldn't recruit off campus, and uh, I've got some things that I'm hopefully uh, June twentieth, twenty-first. I'm doing a a camp that uh, looks like we're going to be able to do with the governor of Indiana loosening things up. I'm not sure how it's going to look like, but uh, I've got to reach back out to the coaches that had committed to me. And, and uh, I wasn't sure where we were right there with recruiting. And that's one reason I wanted to ask. Because, right. uh, you know, it, it is a different time. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure moving forward where we're at, to be honest, uh, I want to get going at the same time. I'm like everybody else. I'm a little bit concerned if we're moving too fast. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh, I'm also concerned uh, off the channel. I'm concerned with fall sports where we're at. Uh, do, do you have, do you all do conference calls uh, regularly talking to, uh, you mentioned Mr. Glass and I'm aware of him, uh, but NCAA updating you all as to where they stand and moving forward? Are you able to even share any of that information? I'm sure some of that stuff you've been given privately and you may not be able to share, but uh, is there anything right now that uh, we're, we do not know ourselves that uh, the NCAA is looking at moving forward? I, you know, I don't think there's anything to share. You know, I think we are on uncertain times. I'm, you know, I'm thankful to you know, work at IU, I believe we have great leadership from President McRobbie on down. Um, very pleased to be a part of the Big Ten. I think, you know, obviously one of the best conferences in the land. Um, and so, you know, our commissioner on down is, is doing a tremendous job there as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're, we're plugged in like everybody, uh, you know, with weekly calls. And, um, you know, but, I, you know, I think right now it's just pretty, pretty premature to, um, you know, look at everything. You've got the microscope view and the telescope view. And, you know, I don't think the big telescope thing is completely in Zoom yet to finish all the microscope, de- microscope details. But um, I, I'm confident of the hands that we're in and, you know, trust the people in the leadership positions um, that I report to. And, you know, thankful for the communication that I get from my direct report. Uh, Scott Jordan said his name. Um, so, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm humbled and honored to coach here. And, you know, I think we're in good hands, just like I'm proud to live in the United States of America. You know, I, um, you know, I, I, I do think, um, you know, everybody's doing the best they can uh, with such an uncertain animal. Um, so sure. not I, to I get fretful or talk yeah. along those lines. So, you know, I just, you know, I think we just got to be patient and allow the people uh, that are, are decision makers to make decisions. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's not very it's, – it's kind of important, I guess. Uh, I'm kind of wondering – so you played, what, you played like 20-something games in 2020? Uh, I yes, think you yeah, – 21 games. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think you reached, was it this past 2020 season, you reached your 600th win, correct? Or yeah, was it the year so. before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. Okay. So I, I'm doing this series. Um, it's a YouTube series. I'm breaking down the top five home run hitters of 2019. And um, um, all three of them that I've done so far, I'm, uh, I've done three. And all three of them are uh, players that are currently playing, of course. And one of them, uh, uh, well, darn, can't remember the name right offhand. One of them hit 10 home runs already in 2020. So are you going to keep the statistics of 2020 or are you all going to lose all that? Or how does that work? That's a good question. I think the NFC already rolled on that, and now it's flipped my mind um, as far as I, I think they do count career-wise. Um, I'd have to go back mm-hmm. and look, but I know our NFCA, like I said, has done a great job of communicating yeah. that stuff. Um, but I, you know, I just can't remember off the top of my head you know, how that was handled. Yeah. Yeah, I'll check and see. I haven't really done any research on it, but I was looking at uh, look at these numbers. And so, if she had ten home runs, she's got like seventy six career home runs because of that. And that's going to put her, I think, what is it, ninety five is the all time record, something like that for a single for a player in a career. So that clearly, mm-hmm. with she has, she had twenty nine, I think, in two thousand nineteen, and. Uh, Clearly, if she hits a, a 30 home runs, that's going to add that 10 to it. So it's going to affect records, I, I would think. So yeah. it's just kind of, yeah, kind of interesting. Um, so one of the things, again, shifting gears a little bit, would you say you have a mentor or mentors that um, you would like to share? I don't think I have uh, one person per se. Uh, you know, I think anybody I come across uh, turns into a mentor. You know, I would say, you know, my mom and my dad are people um, that have been great mentors in my life. My mom, you know, has taught, has taught me the value of unconditional love. My dad has taught me how to work and be wise and things. Um, and then from there, I would say anybody in the coaching profession, you know, when I was young, a GA, and had the opportunity um, to work for um, Sue Ramsey and Sheila Goulas. Sheila Goulas is one of the greats in our game. She's in the Hall of Fame. And Sue Ramsey won a national championship at Ashland as well. Uh, so right out of the gate, I got to work for two really awesome, you know, coaches and learned, you know, they, they really got me ready to be a head coach at a young age. Uh, and then I would say, you know, just people, I, I have mentors that don't even know they're mentors for me. You know, the coaches in the Big Ten, uh, we do uh-huh. a great job of sharing and supporting each other. I'm really thankful uh, to be a part of that network of people. Um, you know, I've got coaching friends in the business all across, you know, and when you start naming people, you leave people out, but they know who they are. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I got, you know, organizations, you know, people in the NFCA, uh, we coach as an organization that I'm a member of, um, you know, and their executive director, Megan has done a great job that, you know, pour into my coaching career, uh, as well as Marlene, who was before her and passed the baton uh-huh. to her. So, you know, I, I would say, um, you know, there isn't a person that I don't, you know, rub elbows with that I don't consider a mentor. So I don't have a traditional in the sense of, you know, one person or two people with the exception, obviously, of consulting my family. Um, but, you know, I think our iron sharpens iron. And, you know, even my husband, you know, somebody who you know, sharpens me. And, um, you know, gosh, my players sharpen me. Um, you know, uh-huh. that's a, you know, a different dynamic. Um, you know, you usually think of a mentor being somebody older. Um, but, you know, I think in a different way. 
Um, you know, I, I think they pour into me. Uh, you know, I think it is important that you have people that do pour into you that are older than you. I think it's important to have people that you're kind of uh, mentoring that are uh, younger than you. And then I, I think it's really important to have people to the right of you and to the left of you. Uh, and then you've got your circle of influence there that can kind of you know, encourage you and help you along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, I think that's one of the things is I think uh, personally, I probably can identify a mentor or two. But as you said, I think if you uh, live life, you're obviously going to have multiple people that's going to have impact on your on your career, on your person. So, um, you know that. Uh, so we're about a few more minutes here. I want to kind of get to two questions real quick. And both of them we could probably talk about almost for a whole show. But one would be any recommendation like, so an athlete wants to, let's say, play at IU or play at Division One level or play in a Big Ten. Uh, any top one, two, three advice you could give them on how to go about that? Uh, like the best thing, like recruiting videos versus going to like Ron's uh, showcases that they have, coming to camps. Uh, is one thing better or should they do them all that type of thing? Sure. I, you know, I, I can't talk specifically, you know, as far as recruiting presentations in terms of IU, but I can talk in terms of the rules that are, you know, that we're governed by as college coaches at the division one level. Um, and, you know, obviously with contact being limited until you're a junior, you know, the best way to be seen is probably, you know, getting on campus at camps. I think it's, um, you know, a, a great opportunity to work with coaching staff, you know, across the country and see if they're, you know, coaches that, you know, you can foresee yourself playing for. Um, I think it's an, important to go watch games, you know, and see how the coaches are in those environments. You know, there are some limitations as far as the ability to watch practices. Um, if they are open, you know, to the public, you know, there may be some things that can be done there, but that's different age groups. Um, there are some rules that still, you know, are, are that govern those things. Um, outside of that, you know, uh, when they send videos, I think it's important. All coaches would agree it's important to be able to have the grad year, you know, very visible. Um, it's important for them to put their strengths first um, because, you know, a coach may not watch a 20-minute video, but they may pop, pop it in and watch the first couple minutes. Uh, so it's really important to put the good stuff at the beginning um, and just to continue to have follow-up, uh, you know. And, and every time they reach out, it's important to clearly communicate what age they are so we know what rules we're governed by. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking to travel ball coaches, we're permitted to say that we're interested in a kid, but we're not permitted to, you know, communicate offers and, you know, those types right. of things. So we have limitations even just within our correspondence. So the best thing is to work on just being the best you can be um, mm-hmm. where you are at your time period. Uh, you know, play for the right organization for you and your family. You know, people ask all the time, should I be on this organization? Success is hard to keep quiet. So if you just continue mm-hmm. working on being the best teammate, being the best player that you can be, um, there's going to be the right fit out there for that kid. And if your dream is to play at the next level, uh, keep your options open. You know, there's all divisions. Uh, there's all levels. There's all kinds of opportunity. Um, and, you know, our job as coaches, you know, really is to, to help anybody that wants to do that. Uh, we're all committed to be able to uh, provide any opportunity we can. You know, I say all the time we're dream makers. Uh, you know, we're not just softball coaches. Uh, we have the ability to help dreams happen for young people um, that are in the prime of their life and have all their hopes and dreams ahead of them. So, um, 
Yeah, appreciate that. And you made a comment. I'm gonna I'm going to assume, and I think it's important probably for some listeners that that have heard you. You've referred to recruiting presentations. So I think what you're talking about. Tell me if I'm wrong. You can't make a a presentation for Indiana University softball, and that comes across as you recruiting for Indiana University softball. Is that what that what you're talking about? Correct. Like I couldn't sit here and tell you everything about IU and why you should come to IU um, and kind of put a presentation on about that. I can just tell you, you know, what the rules are and what we're governed by. And that's that's consistent, you know, across the board for, you know, any D1 coach, um, you know, as far as what they can and cannot say. Right, right. So the last thing is, um, I wanted to probably ask this a little bit earlier, but uh, the last question, and if Ron, I think, yeah, Ron's still on on here, if if, Ron, if you've got one, Uh, but uh, any recommendations, any uh, advice for young coaches that want to get into coaching at the college level? Oh, I think it's one of the best professions out there. You know, I love it. Um, BU, you know, I I think when you get into this business, um, there's going to be a lot of people telling you what they think you should do, or there's going to be a lot of criticism. And I I love, you know, I love how Bernie Brown brought that daring greatly uh, book to um, light and and Teddy Roosevelt's speech about the man in the arena. Um, You know, she really, kind of got that out in the forefront, but you're the one in the arena. Um, you're the one getting bloodied and marred and, you know, um, the one that has to make the decisions at the end of the day. So I think it's really important to have your circle of trust and the people that you can get. You know, there's definitely wise counsel, you know, and the many trusted people that you have. But at the end of the day, you know, the buck stops at you. And so you've got to be you. And, and, and what I love is I'm in the Big Ten, right? And look at the tremendous uh, coaches we have. You know, we got the all-time winners, Lynn and, and Hutch and, you know, um, mm-hmm. look at the legacy of a lot of the coaches um, and what they've mm-hmm. done here. I don't have to be that, but I can learn from them. Mm-hmm. So I have my style, my take. Um, you know, never stop learning. So I would say be you. Um, never stop learning. And then winners adjust. That's a phrase we say all the time. And I think, you know, I coach much different uh, now. Um, my What's true to my core, our philosophy and our values, our core pillars, that stuff stays true. You know, you're non-negotiable. Um, but at the end of the day, you got you got to adjust. you got to change. You know, I, the one thing about a lot of times I'll get filmed at presentations about how we teach something, and I cringe sometimes because we all know so well back in the day you used to teach Swish the Bug and different things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like right. 2003, you know, or pitching shut the gate, and now it's about being on the power line. Um, mm-hmm. So the game is ever-evolving and changing, and, as a coach, you've got to be a winner and adjust. And, you know, whether that's how you handle discipline, whether that's how you um, coach on the field, whether it's a standard within your program, you know, what are the things when the rubber meets the road, you know, that, you know, you've got to uphold and how you're going to go about that. So I would say be you. Winners adjust. Um, yep. communicate, communication's queen and build on relationships. You know, you take care of some of those things um, and you're going to be off to a great start. Well, it's clear, Shonda, that uh, communication is a strength of yours, and I appreciate you being being here. Ron, you've got uh, anything else? No, I'd just like to tell Coach, I feel her excitement, her energy. Yeah. Uh, she's passionate. Uh, I love hearing all that. I wish you nothing but success. Uh, Holly, if you could, please uh, share my information with Coach, and uh, if there's any way I can ever help you out feel free to contact me. I, I've been in this game for about 20 years, maybe longer. 
uh, do have some contacts and maybe we can do some things together down the road, but I wish you nothing but success. Well, I appreciate that. And I feel the same, anything, you know, Holly, feel free to give my number in it to anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I'll get back that. to you right away, but I will, you know, people need to help me and I, you know, I'll do my part to talk the game and, you know, grow the game and get and provide opportunities um, for anybody that was in. Well, I appreciate that. And definitely I'm just uh, down the road. Ron's a little bit farther south of me, but I'm um, just down the road from you and, Hopefully in the fall, at least, you'll be out there playing and practicing and stuff, and I'll let you know by me. Come by. To, um, I love watching practice as a coach. Um, and Even as a player, I think practices I love maybe even as much or more than games. So um, <clears throat> good luck in the 2021 season. Hopefully it'll be back and going at it uh, really, really soon. Let me know if you need anything, and that concludes the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Holly. Thank you. Be safe, safe and healthy at home. Thank you. Yeah, you Have too. Have a good day. Thank, Thank you. you. You too, Ron. Thanks. So that right, was Shonda Stanton of Indiana University. She's the head coach there. And uh, clearly, if uh, you've heard the show, a great communicator, amazing uh, the ability to communicate. And I'm going to say, based on a course that I've uh, seen on a video of her, go do go YouTube, do some search on her. Very impressive uh, how she runs her practice, how she communicates and everything. A lot of information there. Feel free to contact me if you need to get in touch with uh, uh, Coach Stanton or Ron Ray with Future Stars of Sports. I'm um, the owner of National Fast Pitch Academy, which is part of me running the Cap to Cap radio show. That's at nationalfastpitchacademy.com. Let me know if you have any questions. Hope you all have a great day. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.